0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Keenan Womack, who covers all things Texas for rivals down there, as well as Orange Bloods, and uh, does a great job with it. And Keenan, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing?
1: I'm great, brother. I appreciate you guys having me on. Love doing radio.
0: Oh, we love having you on, man. I know that uh, it's not, again, a game that actually counts, but... Here in Arkansas, people are at a fever pitch with their excitement for Razorback basketball, obviously being top 10, back-to-back Elite 8s, a lot of excitement. Just start right there with with Texas basketball. I know it's football season in the middle of it, but number 12 team in the country, Chris Beard, great recruiting class, had some key returnees. What's the excitement level and the vibes like for Texas fans when it comes to basketball?
1: Well, it's not even just the team that has everybody excited. The uh, opening of the brand-new Moody Center is a big part of that excitement as well. Uh, the redevelopment of the uh, student section, which they're calling the corral. Um, But yeah, I think the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team is Texas added some serious athleticism to the roster this year, which they sort of lacked last year. And they added a phenomenal point guard in Tyrese Hunter, who's a transfer from Iowa State, who was Big 12 freshman of the year last year. So I think people are very excited about the team, and there's just a lot of uh, of positive energy going towards the basketball program at the moment.
2: Who's the best returning player on this Texas roster, and is that the same as uh, who's supposed to be the best overall player projected going into this year?
1: I think Timmy Allen is probably their best returner uh, at this point. He averaged about 12 points per game. So he averaged 17 points per game at Utah. He averaged 12 last year, but Texas played in bottom 10 or 15 in the country in pace. So 12 points per game is, uh, is you know, pretty decent for the amount of possessions that they were playing. Uh, they also bring back Marcus Carr, who's a super senior guard, and uh, he will be a major part of the team as well. I think probably their best player will come down between Sidney Allen and Tyrus Hunter.
0: Chris Beard, as we know, uh, has done a great job pretty much everywhere he's been. And now that he's at Texas, you mentioned the guys are returning in the recruiting class and also the portal. Is it kind of a, a hodgepodge way of doing it? Is he, is he more of an expert at the recruiting? Does he like doing the portal? Just like, how does he handle roster management? Because we know that's so important in college basketball. Yeah, so
1: he even said in press conferences before that, he wants the backbone to be high school recruiting. And they did a good job this year, bringing in um, two five stars and a a couple of four, uh, four star and then a three star. Um, So he wants the backbone of the team to really be high school recruiting, but he's done very well in the portal. I mean, Tyrese Hunter and then Serge Abari Rice from New Mexico state. who was obviously well coached as Chris Jans was the New Mexico state coach for a while. And he's now at Mississippi state, I believe just started there this year. So Y'all will get a taste of his coaching as well in the SEC. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, overall the portal is going to be very important for finding players, but high school recruiting is really the important. uh, is going to be the focus going forward, and then they'll supplement with the portal is is what their plan is.
2: Now, Kenny, you said this team is more athletic, but Chris Beard's teams are known for being kind of defensive laden. Is this team going to be more of an offensive-minded team, or is it still going to be more about the defense?
1: Well, I think it's always going to be about the defense, but he said today, I actually asked him this exact question. I asked, with the new athletes on the team, do you think you'll be pushing the pace more? And he said, absolutely. But he, he sort of alluded to trying to do that last year, and they finished bottom 15 in pace. But when you have a guy like Tyrese Hunter who can get to the rim so easily, he can, he can run the floor and transition really well. And then uh, their highest-rated recruit, Dylan Mitchell, is a uh, small forward, power forward, kind of combo forward. Uh, who's really excellent in transition. And so I think that ideally they want to unlock his potential by playing more in transition. Um, but we'll have to see what they do. I mean, I think when you have a guy like Tyrese Hunter who can beat people off the dribble, because uh, Texas didn't really have a guy like that last year. They had they had a lot of skilled players, but they didn't have super elite athletes at the guard spot. And, and now they do with Tyrese Hunter and freshman Arcario Morris. So we'll we'll see if they end up pushing the pace or not, but I think ideally they would for their own sake.
0: Speaking with Keenan Womack here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline, talking a little Texas basketball. Uh, just looking at this game itself, Keenan, it, it's so weird because you don't see exhibition games like this between two marquee teams, especially you know like a team like Arkansas going on the road doesn't count. And but it's still very intriguing. Just what from the Texas side of it? How did this game come about? uh what's the excitement level for just this particular game and what can uh, people expect as far as the atmosphere in the crowd goes
1: well this will be the first official basketball game played at the moody center i i was at the moody center last week to see the black keys actually so i've been there for concerts before but this will be the first time i've seen a, a game there it was the first real game they've ever played i've seen them practice there before too but um, the excitement level is very high. I think, I think that even for this exhibition game, because there's, there's that sort of uh, rivalry with Arkansas that's been going on since Southwest Conference days, and you, you saw the energy uh, going on at the football game last year between Texas and Arkansas. It's an insane environment. So I think that uh, the Texas basketball fans are going to be very jazzed for this game, very excited. And I think that the rivalry will sort of come back into play, especially when Texas moves to the SEC. So I think this is going to be a fun litmus test for both teams and just kind of seeing where they are um, overall. And I, I think that it will be a good indication of the things they need to work on, and it's a good. It's a free game. So uh, it should be interesting to see how they run their rotations. And then the same thing with Arkansas. We'll see who starts for them as well. Uh, because your um, or, or Arkansas' backcourt of the, the two freshmen are going to be elite and are going to be one of the best in the country.
2: What kind of differences are, are we talking about with the Moody Center and the the previous arena as far as seating, um, the capacity? What's the difference there? I think it's
1: similar capacity, but the, the important thing is what they did with the student section, which wraps around – about 270 degrees of the court at the Irwin Center where they used to play all the students were behind each basket Um, so I think having a court um, significantly surrounded by the student section is going to really increase atmosphere and make it a a much more exciting uh, environment and the place is gorgeous it really is state-of-the-art and as a guy who used to um, you know I used to cover Dallas Mavericks before I started at Rivals on my own site and you know the AAC is beautiful, but I think the Moody Center is can compete with any basketball stadium in the country. It really is that beautiful. It's it's really well designed, and Lord knows how much they paid for it. But it looks it looks really nice, and it's going to be a really fun place to see games. So, what is the
0: capacity? Just out of curiosity, what's it at now?
1: Uh, let me look. I forgot exactly what it is, but um, it's over twelve thousand, uh, something like that. Um, and the Irwin Center was actually a bit bigger, but it's not um, not quite as – it wasn't nearly as nice. Okay, so it's 15,000 seats. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big venue. It's 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 going to be a real home court advantage. And I think Chris Beard is doing a good job of building a relationship with the student body that wasn't necessarily there before. Because last year they sold their most tickets they had sold in, in years and years. Um, there was just an excitement, a buzz about the program that didn't really exist before last year because they went eight straight years without winning a tournament game, and they finally won one, got that monkey off their back, and so the next step is to compete further into the tournament.
2: Are there any differences with the coaching staff this year? We know that from time to time you have uh, some changes and some turnover in the coaching staff.
1: Yes, so uh, Yurik Malibi went to Kansas State to join Jerome Tang, the former Baylor assistant, Um, so he's going to be uh, assistant to the head coach over there uh, so Texas hired uh, Brandon Chappelle from UNLV uh, to be an assistant coach and then they, they promoted from within as well they promoted Bob Donawald uh, after uh, Jaren Howard left um, so yeah those are the two major changes and they signed uh, yeah those are those those are like the two big changes for the coaching staff so you have two new assistants this year and one of them was promoted from within
0: now, I'm curious, when you mentioned about joining the SEC, we always think about football because obviously that drives everything. In Texas football and Oklahoma football, joining the SEC, just adding to an already powerful conference, the best conference in college football when it comes to football. But when it's basketball, though, like what, what's the what's the vibe like where no longer you're going to be facing in-state teams as often or you know going up against Kansas, which I know is a, is a blue blood in that conference. But what's just the overall vibe of the jump? Uh, for Texas basketball, jumping from the Big 12 to the SEC?
1: You know what's funny is the Big 12 has been so highly competitive for the last few years. I mean, uh, Texas Tech went to the national title, Baylor won the national title, then Kansas won the national title. So in the last 20 years, 70% of the Big 12 teams have been to a Final Four. So the Big 12 is an elite basketball conference, especially with Baylor. I mean, Baylor this year looks unbelievably good. Their backcourt is going to be absurd. Um, but I think it's going to be really exciting for basketball. It'll be cool to get to play Arkansas every year. It'll be cool to get to play Kentucky and Florida and Auburn. And there's just a lot of good basketball programs in the SEC. So I'm looking forward to going to some of those road games uh, because, you know, I like going to road games in the big 12 too, but you just can't beat some of those SEC locations. I think it's going to be a really fun transition uh, for football and for basketball and, I think basketball is a little ahead of football right now. I, um, we'll see with the football program what, what they're what they're up to and where they're headed. But I think basketball is on pretty solid footing. They were a bit disappointing last year compared to their preseason ranking, but I think this year they've really addressed a lot of the issues they had last year, and I think they're going to be a really, really tough team to beat.
2: Now there uh, with Chris Beard and uh, Coach Must, there have been some similarities as far as their lineup They traditionally have gotten players 6'6 to 6'8, and they'll they'll have a lot of those players on the roster. Mm -hmm. And Texas is still built that way for the most part. Arkansas, there was concern, and they actually wanted to get bigger, so they have a bigger lineup this year. But uh, is there any concern with Texas that they have their tallest player is 6'9 and they only have one of those players?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, That's definitely an issue. You know, they're looking for some sort of facsimile of rent protection. Um, so D- D- Dylan DeSue is their tallest player at six nine, but Dylan Mitchell, the freshman, actually grew two inches, so he's also six nine now. But um, Christian Bishop plays a lot of the five minutes, uh, a lot of the center minutes, and he's going to be going up against Trayvon Brazil and the Mitchell twins, who are big, and uh, even Jalen Graham is six nine. So I mean, even Anthony Black is six seven. So uh, Arkansas has a lot of size, and if you watched any of Texas last year, they struggled against. Large athletic teams like Texas Tech, in in particular, who uh, they switch everything, and it's really hard to to get dribble penetration when they have you know five guys who are all. I think your shortest starter is going to be six four for Arkansas and uh, Devontae Davis if he ends up starting, uh, because Nick Smith is six five, Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh are both six seven, Brazil is six ten, the Mitchell twins are six nine six ten, Jalen Graham six nine. So you know, I think that. Playing defense for Arkansas is going to be, um, you know, imperative. But they really, it really seems like they have the personnel to pull off all those switches and make it really difficult to uh, get in the paint and score points.
0: Honestly, Keenan, the the question I think also we've had a lot uh, with this game is it was originally slated to be on the Longhorn Network, and then suddenly it wasn't. And Arkansas is not going to have any radio down there either. So you're talking about an incredible – like, game, exhibition game in the Moody Center are going to be the first game down there. What what do you know about this situation as to why it it's no longer being played on TV? Because I think a lot of Razorback fans are pretty upset because they won't have a chance to watch it.
1: Yeah, a lot of Texas fans are upset as well. Um, I'm I'm lucky in that I get to be there to cover the game, but I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning was. I heard from one person it was an NCAA thing, and then I heard um, that, that it was, like, a Longhorn Network issue, but... I don't know exactly the reason why it's not being aired, but it's absolutely frustrating because, you know, there's no stream for it at all. Cause I, I went to the media liaison, uh, Scott McConnell, and I asked him and he was like, yeah, there's no way to stream it. So it's, uh, it's very frustrating because I think everybody wants, I mean, I watched a lot of the Arkansas, uh, they played Rogers State, I believe. Is that who they, they played earlier this yeah, week? Yeah,
0: that was it. Um,
1: yeah. I watched some highlights from that and, man that freshman backcourt is going to be ridiculous but um yeah no it's definitely frustrating i'm not sure the exact reasoning as to why but yeah i mean it's going to be on the radio in austin and you can stream that online um if you're really interested in in hearing what's going on but yeah it's going to be missed by a lot of fans and that's just not really fair
2: something that's really important in today's game is three-point shooting And uh, that's something that Arkansas is still searching for and has searched for in the past couple of years. How how good is this Texas team as far as three-point shooting?
1: I think that's probably one of their weaknesses, to be honest. Although, in the press conference today and the last couple of press conferences, I've asked, you know, your three-point shooting wasn't great last year. I forget where it was rated. I think they shot, like, as a team, like 32%, 33%, which is – it's not horrendous, but it's not going to win you any games, and, and they seem to get cold in big games from three. You know, they'd have maybe one guy go off, and their three best three-point shooters left last year in uh, Andrew Jones, Courtney Rainey, and Jace Fabris. I don't remember if percentage-wise they were the best, but they had they were the three-point shooters really for the team. So I think what's going to be important is whether or not Texas has developed three-point shooting in the offseason. they they said they've been working on it a lot. Tyrese Hunter hit four threes against U of H in the uh, secret scrimmage on Saturday. Um, so, you know, he had seven threes against LSU in the tournament. So it's going to depend on who can pull up from three. And and I think having a guy like Tyrese Hunter, who's so fast with the ball, it's going to lead to kick-out opportunities. So hopefully, uh, for Texas' sake, they've been working on that. And a guy like Timmy Allen, who uh, said he wanted to expand his game in the offseason, you know, hopefully for for Texas, he's able to do that because it's it's going to be really important to hit threes, especially in this conference where everybody really uh, plays really good switching on. They switch really well on defense, so it's going to be hard to get into the paint.
0: You know, you mentioned a lot of the great teams this year in the Big 12. Kind of what's what's Texas's role in the Big 12? Because Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU. Uh seems to be a, a lot of great ones, but how do you feel like Texas stacks up with the rest of the Big 12?
1: I think Baylor's the best team. Uh, I think they have arguably the best backcourt in the country with uh, L.J. Cryer, Adam Flagler, and the freshman Keontae George. Um, if you don't know, L.J. Cryer shot 47% from three last year on six attempts per game. So he's an unbelievably good shooter. Um, and then, yeah, TCU returns their entire starting five. They only lost one player off the team last year, which is Francisco Farabello. So a three-point shooter He transferred to Creighton, I believe. Um, so they're, they're loaded. They have a great center. They have arguably the best guard in the conference in Mike Miles, Jr. Uh, and then Texas Tech, they're always going to be um, a stingy team on defense. They're going to be hard to score against. And they brought in an excellent transfer in Fardaz Imac, a center from Utah Valley. And then Kansas has a ton of talent in the front court, And then they got Texas Tech transfer Kevin McCuller, who's a guard, like a really good defensive guard. Kind of plays off the ball a little bit more, but he'll play some on ball as well. So there's a couple of question marks for Kansas, but they're Kansas. They're going to figure it out. They always do. Um, So I think Texas is probably third or fourth in the conference. That would be my guess this year. Um, and I think the goal for the team would be to get to a Sweet 16. I think that if they can do that, they're headed in the right direction. But, I mean, they have the talent to go further than that, but we all know how difficult it is to win in the tournament, and especially depends on who you draw. You know, it's 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 kind of a luck thing
0: as well. Yeah, it's certainly a crapshoot, which kind of leads me into to a, a, a final question for you. With basketball, there's a lot of expectation sure. for Texas, and also there's a lot of expectations for the future of Texas football. I know joining the SEC is going to change some things, so – who do you think uh, is able to win a championship or who do you think is going to have the most pressure to win a championship football when they have Arch Manning coming in here here soon or basketball where it seems like they're doing a great job in recruiting with Chris Beard too?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think that obviously the pressure from the fan base is going to be football first because Texas football kind of drives everything in the state of Texas. But, I think Chris Beard is building this kind of culture at UT that's making it a two two major sport because they're an excellent baseball program as well, excellent swimming and diving. They won the Learfield Directors Cup last two years in a row after Stanford won it like 19 times in a row. So their um, their other sports like not they're not quite revenue sports um, are doing very well. I think I think the pressure is on football, but the way that Chris Beard has established this culture, people are not going to be satisfied with winning one tournament game. They, and neither is Chris Beard and neither is the team. They, they want to get to the final four. They want to cut down the nets on Monday night. So I think there's a good amount of healthy pressure on both programs to perform this year. After a couple of um, fairly disappointing seasons last year, obviously football being more disappointing um, because Texas won a tournament game. And they hadn't done that since 2014. So, that's a good question. I think there's, like I said, I think there's healthy pressure on both programs to uh, to really take a step forward.
0: Keenan Womack of Orange Bloods covering all things Texas basketball. Really appreciate you hopping on with us, Keenan. Enjoy this game this weekend because most people won't be able to have a chance to watch it at least. But uh, yes. it should be an interesting one, man. We appreciate you hopping on with us.
1: Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, anytime Texas plays Arkansas, feel free to call me and I'll come on the show.